sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 213, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, we have a lot to get to today. It was a very busy weekend. We had EPO, we had college football, NFL, and even some PGA as well. So a lot of discussion points to get to. But before we dive into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account, use code SHOOTERS at sign up, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. As I said, it was a very busy weekend. Now, how did our wagers do over the weekend? They were super average, if we're being honest. EPL on Saturday, a one and two day there. Aston Villa actually saved our bacon. We were in big trouble. They were down 1-0 going into the 90th minute, and then they scored three in extra time to pull out the victory. Luton Town, they didn't take their chances. They lose outright to Fulham, and United, they lost outright. And I have a lot to say about them in a little bit. On the college football front, we went 2-1 and one on the day. Shout out to Penn State for covering that minus 14. Missouri won outright against Kansas State. And then Tennessee, that was a whiff. Minus 5.5, they end up losing outright pretty badly as well. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. NFL-wise was a day to forget. It was an 0-3 day. The Giants, I mean, when you fall behind big time 28-7, to they came back but were unable to cover the minus 4. The Bears were beyond poverty this weekend, and Herbert and the Chargers are taking years off my life. I keep finding a way to lose money betting on the Chargers. But I want to give a quick shout-out to Betalytics. Use code HEDGE for 25% off their software. 
we should have followed them this Sunday because C plus rating for Bears money line and the Chargers was a C plus rating as well. Yet we dove on both of them, so it's our own fault for not trusting our sponsor over there. Be sure to head over and check them out. But PGA wise was solid. That got us back on track heading into Monday, and we went two and one there. Justin Thomas top twenty at plus hundred, and Eric Cole top twenty at plus one sixty. Both of those hit. Unfortunately, Homa. He was unable to three-peat at the Fortinet Championship. But let's talk about that EPL slate from the weekend. One of the toughest slates so far this season, and that certainly lived up to the billing. Now, I got a couple thoughts. Firstly, great weekend for the top clubs. Liverpool, they win 3-1 to one over Wolves. You get City won 3-1 to one against West Ham. Both of them actually were down 1-0 at one point and came back to win. You had Tottenham came back against Sheffield United in extra time. Brighton, they won outright. Newcastle won outright. And Arsenal won outright. So for me, the top six clubs in England right now, they all picked up three points. So what more could you ask for if you're rooting for those top end teams? If you're rooting for Manchester United and Chelsea, not looking good right now. They are not playing like top clubs. And it starts with United. I mean, not only did they lose three to one, they lost on the expected goals. It was 2.06 to 1. They were down 3 nothing at one point. They got a consolation goal to make it look respectable on the score sheet. But Welbeck comes back. He scores against his former team. And this team is in trouble. They've got injury issues, whether it's Rafael Varane at the back, whether it's Luke Shaw at the back. No Mason Mount on the wing right now either. Then you've got Jaden Sancho, who's away from the team. He's feuding with Eric Ten Hag. You've got Anthony away as well. He's dealing with some criminal issues off the field. This does not appear to be a team that it's on its way back, and it is not going to get any better. They've got Bayern in just a couple days' time. Now, Chelsea, scoreless draw against Bournemouth. And if you listen to the show regularly, you know my thoughts on Bournemouth. Well documented that I think that they're a lowly club. Chelsea did have 1.6 expected goals. Bournemouth had 1.2, yet we get goalless draw. And for a Chelsea team that spent over a billion dollars in the last year to be in 14th place, just one spot behind United, quite frankly, it's embarrassing. And both of these clubs need to get back on track right away. And my final thoughts are these promotion sides are horrendous. And you got to say that when you've got two total points from 13 matches, Sheffield, they had that unfortunate one at the death against Nottingham where they could have maybe picked up a point there. I get it. The schedules haven't been the easiest, but you have to make it in the top flight by getting results from some of these games. Luton, I mentioned the fact that they lost to Fulham. They probably deserved a point, if not all three in that game. But if you're standing a foot from goal and you head it off the crossbar, then you deserve to lose games in the top flight. Now, the next two games, Luton, they've got Everton and Wolves. Burnley, they've got Man U and Newcastle. Sheffield have got Newcastle and West Ham, so it is not getting any easier unless your name is Luton Town. We may be revisiting this topic in a couple weeks' time, saying the exact same thing, which is, wow, we may have three of these teams heading back down after just one year. Now, college football-wise, week three, if you were a ranked team, you had a really good week unless your name is Tennessee because Miami took care of business on Thursday. LSU, Penn State, Notre Dame, Iowa, they all blew out teams in the early window. Bama, Georgia, and Oregon State, they didn't look the best, but picked up wins nonetheless. North Carolina had probably the most impressive win of the day. They knocked off Minnesota 31-13.
The top nine in the AP poll didn't change at all outside of Texas and Florida flipping the three and four spot. And you only had one new team in the top 25, which is actually the next team that we're going to talk about, which is Florida, because Florida beat Tennessee. They beat them very badly in their place. We talked about the fact that we didn't think Florida was a very good SEC team. And then a few days later, they're sitting at 25, Tennessee's down to 23. And my, oh my, how the tables have turned. I should have known that the Vols do not win in Florida. It's well documented that they don't. And it just so happened to happen once again. But the big story in the college football world is all around Colorado. And is there cause for concern after this past weekend? You got to start off with the fact that they're 24-point favorites against Colorado State. They're down multiple scores, but they're able to battle back and win in double overtime, at the very least salvaging the result. Because, you know, you lose one game, especially with Colorado's schedule, and you have no hope at the college football playoff. But what hurts them the most is that they lost arguably their best player in Travis Hunter. And now multiple weeks without him, and you have to head Oregon. You're a 21-point dog is where the line is at right now. The following week, you're welcoming in USC and Caleb Williams. Terrible timing for this group. And Dion's group, I just don't think that they're going to be able to pull it out. That is asking a lot. This is not TCU like it was opening week. you got to go to Oregon. It's a very tough spot. And I do think that we could see Colorado start to fade a little bit here from the top 25. And then NFL-wise, we had an incredible week, too. Probably one of the best slates that I've seen in a long time. And we got to promote Betalytics once again because grading games, they were fantastic. Some of their highest graded ones, Arizona team total over 17. They scored 28. The Rams over 17. They put up 23. Two of their highest graded plays, and they both hit on the day. And as far as actual games go, really great Sunday. Lots of close games. Only four of the 13 that happened were won by more than a single score. Two overtime games. A Hail Mary was caught that didn't force overtime due to Cortland Sutton not getting a PI call on the two-point conversion. What more could you really ask for? And with that being said, we got to talk about some of our overreactions, we'll say, to the first couple of weeks because that's really what it is. When you're at week two, you can't really give a take without it seeming overreactionary because if you're going to say that 0-2 teams are good, well, the record says otherwise. And vice versa, if a team's 2-0, and what are you going to say? That they're still not very good at the end of the day? They've picked up two wins. So let's start with the NFC North. What I would consider to be the worst division in football right now. And you not only go 0-4 as a division this week, you're combined 2-6 through two weeks. The AFC West is the only other division with as bad of a record. But they've got Mahomes. They've got the Chiefs. They've got even the Chargers who are 0-2 but a couple of really close losses. So I don't even put them in the same stratosphere with how bad this North division is. But the Lions defense, they're not very good. We saw that against Seattle. The Bears could be the worst team in football if Arizona didn't exist. You have Minnesota, horrendous defense, and an offense that can't help but fumble the football. And then you've got Green Bay, who for me, everyone really loved Green Bay heading into this week, thought they were going to beat the Falcons. But then Jordan Love had a bad fourth quarter. They end up losing outright on the road. I think that the winner of this division may still be 10-7. and seven, But playoff-wise, I don't think that they're a real threat. I think that anyone that matches up with them wildcard weekend is going to come away with a win. And I really don't see there being multiple teams coming out of this division. You also got to talk about the Bengals, 
who for me are in serious trouble. Look at the 0-2 part. They lost. So did the Chargers. They're 0-2. But at the end of the day, they have a quarterback that at the very least looks like he's at 100% because Joe Burrow does not look like himself. They're not only 0-2 overall, they're 0-2 in the division as well. And we know that Nick Chubb went down tonight. Prayers up for him. It was one really bad-looking injury, and he's the heartbeat of that Browns offense. But at the very least, the Browns picked up a win over the Bengals. And I just think that you look at the next two weeks, they could still be in trouble. The Rams look capable of beating plenty of teams. And then you've got heading to Tennessee, who just beat the Chargers. That's not an easy place to win against a very well-coached Mike Vrabel team. I think that they could be 1-3, and three, and if Burrow's not 100%, even 0-4 through four weeks, and that's going to make things very difficult for them moving forward. I don't even think this next one's an overreaction. I think the NFC is a three-team race, and I don't think that there's a close fourth team. Now, you look through two weeks, you got six unbeaten teams with the possibility of seven based how this Saints game goes tonight. But the 49ers are super scary. Brock Purdy looks very comfortable at QB. The Eagles are beating teams even when their offense is struggling. The Cowboys' defense is so scary. Micah Parsons playing like a league MVP through a couple of weeks. We've already mentioned the North. The Rams, they need more than just Stafford and Aaron Donald. Geno Smith is not capable of making a Super Bowl. And neither are the quarterbacks for the Falcons, Tampa, or New Orleans. I'm not putting money on Derek Carr. I'm not putting money on Baker or Desmond Ritter. These teams have major flaws. And for me, the three that don't are the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles. And I don't think that there's a fourth team that's relatively close. And then to cap it off, we got to talk about the Sunday Nighter because New England, they lose another close game. This one, once again, at Foxborough. And for me, they're a bottom three AFC team. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to play a lot of teams tight. When I look at the teams below them, which for me right now is Denver and the Texans, I think that they're going to get blown out in a lot of spots. I don't think that a Bill Belichick team is going to be losing by two or three scores regularly. And the special teams is solid. The defense is pretty good. Mac Jones is playing well as a quarterback. Stevenson's a solid running back. I just don't think that in this vastly superior conference, we talked about the NFC only having a three teams. The AFC might have 10. And so that puts them in a very tough spot. Mac Jones is at best the 10th best quarterback in this conference. And I just think that they're going to really struggle this year. The Eagles, they went up big against them. New England battled back. Miami, they battled back as well, which is why I think they could be a very valuable betting team. But if we're talking about outright winning games, I don't think there's going to be many for New England this year. And they could be in for a tough few years down the road. But with that being said, the Champions League is back, which means that we've got some Tuesday bets for you, and we're going to feature them in the daily game slate. Long-awaited return of Champions League soccer is here. And we got to start with the best group, AC Milan plus 160, taking on Newcastle at plus 165. This is the matchup of the day for me. I think, as I pointed out, it's the best group. But you've got Newcastle, relatively new to European football. This isn't the 90s. This isn't the early 2000s. They have not seen Champions League action in a very long time. But boy, this is a really tough spot. Inter did just beat AC Milan 5-1 to on the weekend. 
but I think that they're even in a different class than AC might be. I would lean Milan here to open up the competition with a win, just given their experience being at home against this Newcastle side. But as you can tell from the betting lines, it's a 50-50 for Vegas. You got Young Boys taking on RB Leipzig at minus 170, and we're not going to pretend that we know a lot about either one of these teams. I would lean Leipzig, but at minus 170, I'm not going to be going in and taking a spread on the road like this. So I think this is a fade for me, and it's one where I see where things play out for the opener in this group. Then you got PSG and Dortmund, the other two in that Milan-Newcastle group. PSG, obviously no Messi this year, but they still have guys like Mbappe, which means they have a ton of talent. They're minus 130 at home here. Taking on a Dortmund team that's been just all right to open up the Bundesliga season. So I lean PSG just given they're at home, given their experience once again. I'm definitely going to be leaning that way today. I like teams that are at home. I like them if they have been in this competition for many years over and over and over. So I do like PSG at minus 130. Then you got Shakhtar Donetsk plus 335 taking on Porto at minus 130. And this is a tough one for me because I like Porto. But at minus 130 on the road, it's just not one that I can get behind. Donetsk, they're in this competition every single year, it feels like. And for me, while Porto is the second best team in this group, feels like it could be an opening draw. And then Porto will have to take advantage of the matchup down the road when they're at home. Then you've got Barcelona, minus 550, taking on Antwerp. They are the best team in this group. Minus 2.5 is plus 125. I kind of like it. I don't think Antwerp keeps it close. I'm seeing a 4-0, 5-0 type finish here. So at minus 2.5, I do like that plus money if you're looking to play a bit of a steeper spread. Then you got Lazio, plus 195. The Serie A side taking on Atletico Madrid. No strangers to this competition at plus 155. Italy versus Spain is always an interesting one. Two contrasting styles. You've got the defensive side taking on more of the up-tempo offense. Now, favorite play here is both teams to score at minus 125. I think the issue that Lazio's had in Serie A is that they give up a ton of goals. They've already given up seven through four games, but they don't have issues scoring. They're averaging a goal per game, which in Italian soccer is relatively high. So I think Atletico being on the road, they're going to figure out a way to score here. And the fact that Lazio is at home, they should be able to ride off that crowd to get one of their own. And then you've got Feyenoord minus 170 taken on Celtic at plus 425. And this is a funny one for me because I always bet Scottish teams with my heart. I've got a Scottish mother. Therefore, I'm always inclined to cheer for teams like Celtic and Rangers. Typically Celtic. I don't cheer for both. But they are the best team in Scotland. Feyenoord, they're fourth in the Eredivisie. Plus one and a half at minus 190, though, is a little bit juice. So if you're looking for a little two-teamer, maybe you play Celtic plus one and a half. Maybe you throw in that Leipzig game from earlier just to get into the plus money. But I don't think that it's playable straight up at minus 190. And then Manchester City minus 1600. Massive favorite to open up the competition. Still no De Bruyne and a lot of other guys are hurt. But at Minus two and a half, it's minus 175. Minus three and a half is plus 125. If you don't like the Leipzig, maybe you do Celtic plus one and a half and City minus two and a half. I refuse to entertain the other side of this game. City could easily roll, put five, six, seven, eight goals in. That's how much talent they have up front. But at least for me, not playable on the straight up money line. Definitely not at minus 1600. And at minus two and a half at minus 175. You got to bring out something else to find real value. So we broke down what to look for in the Champions League slate today. 
Now it's time to give you our official picks with our Last Call Picks segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. But before we do, we'll play the promo video. is family-owned and operated in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first microdistillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their local vodka, their dill pickle vodka, as well as their old-fashioned. Really appreciate Last Mountain Distillery locally supporting our show. But we got two plays for you here today. We're going to play Milan Moneyline. We're going to play it at half a unit at plus 160. We talked about the experience. We talked about Newcastle having to go on the road, having not been in the Champions League for a very long time. I just really like Milan to open up with the result here. And then Lazio and Atletico Madrid, we're going to play that both teams to score for a full unit. As I said, Lazio a goal per game in their first four Serie A matchups. And Atletico is no issue scoring. Therefore, I love the both teams to score at minus 125. But we appreciate everyone who gave the episode a listen today. We will be back tomorrow. We got more Champions League action. Look ahead to Thursday night football as well and a whole lot more. But we appreciate you guys as always. And we'll see you next time for the Competitive Edge podcast.